When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 834 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by not one, not two, but three co-hosts. We got J.D. Raider in the mix. We got Ben Funky Askren and Mr. Who's Number One himself. David Ray is here. He was doing the watch party, so I said, hey, why don't you stick around, talk a little Who's Number One. You put this event together. It's an amazing, amazing evening of wrestling. We got a lot to talk about because Worlds is happening, um, not as we speak, but it'll be getting started here very soon. Well, it has to, started. To, it the has tournament started. has started. It has started, but it also has ceased for the time being, um, and we'll resume Sorry soon. It ceased. They, yes. they they saw that FRL goes live at eight fifteen, and they said, "You know what? We're going to put this break right here." That's called respect. Day. That's called respect. Respect the biz. Yes, I, I feel like it, it actually kind of works out like that a lot because uh, it's almost always in Europe somewhere, yes. so we're within like an hour or two of each other. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, I think we we should start probably with worlds because we can probably briefly get everyone caught up on on the <laughs> haps so far. Very briefly on the Greco front, as we have no medals. Max Nowry did wrestle for a medal. He got close. He was close. Made the semis. Got fifth. Um, that was kind of the, the bright spot for Team USA, which uh, otherwise the rough uh, rough couple rough days up. for for Team USA Greco. Though based on you know we had one medal last year. He retired a couple weeks ago, and so you know what did you expect? It's, it's not it's not surprising development. Obviously, Team USA is in a transition period between coaches. The coach also was, you know, relieved of his duties after the team was set. So, really weird time. We didn't even have two of our starters. We had, and we had three. Three. Three, three starters were out. Weird, just a weird overall thing for, for Greco. You got that was the, the provisor Thielke thing. No explanation whatsoever on where they went or what happened there. It's just they're gone. Jangelo retires. The coach is out. New coach is in. Um, so, yeah, on top of the fact that we don't have a lot of success in this sport anyways, it's not a not a huge shock that we're coming home empty-handed there. But we will not be coming home empty-handed on the women's side. Kayla Miracle is wrestling for gold this morning slash early afternoon. Um, Jakara Winchester wrestling for bronze after she fell in the semis to Ukaida of Japan, who is ridiculous, um, as Japan tends to be. Don Parrish wrestling in the semis, as is um, Sarah Hildebrandt. Yep, Sarah, Sarah's killing it. She's killing it. She's doing Sarah things. She's so good. Um, She's developed a nice little shock. Uh, her match one was typical Sarah takedown, lace. Nice. Yep. But uh, she, she had a nice, I think, two nice little shocks in her quarter. She's really, really good. Um, man, I don't what, – what kind of chance are, are we giving her in, if she makes the final against Japan? Sasaki. Uh, I don't – I mean, Sarah's really good, but she she lost that girl last year, correct? Same girl? Um, or she went up away. Was it her? It was different. 
I, I don't think she, I don't know if it was her. I, think I don't think her, she lost to her. It was her backup. Oh. Okay, let's not talk about that part. <laughs> she lost to Yoshimita, Yoshimito last year in the finals. Yeah, because mm. remember the story last year at 2021 Worlds was was all right. We we know we probably can't beat Japan's ones. We're pretty confident we could beat their threes. Let's see what we can do against their number two squad. And we found out we could not beat them. Yeah, they're oh, really man. good. Not yet. Um, but then the the two girl, the other two girls that we had lose early, um, both of them, both of them were to Japan, right? So there's a chance to get pulled back in or no? Diamonds so, eliminated. Her Diamonds uh, her opponent lost. That Mal Malvel. Japan still hasn't figured out uh, the upper weights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Mallory Malvelty. She could get pulled back in if Japan wins in the 65 semis. Correct. So yeah. Japan just doesn't have large people. I think, I think that's the issue, which, you know, what I laugh about sometimes I laugh about sometimes that they're the country that chose to do sumo wrestling when they have no big people. It's kind of funny. Yeah, they have some, but it's a lot fewer. Not really. When's the last Japanese upperweight that was a beast? Hmm. Yokozuna, obviously. <laughs> Stop. He weighed 700 pounds. No, but like, seriously, you see Japan, like they've done some duels in the past or world cup. And they'll bring some hammers at like the lower, say, because if to you're five big in Japan, weights. you go sumo. And yeah, and then and then that's they're up weight. They just suck. They're not <laughs> good. That, that's they're actually not, not a spin zone. Like that's a big thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yes, a lot it's of a their, big thing. He's right. Uh, it's like their national sport. <laughs> is it? Yes. Sumo it, is their national sport. I'm very yeah. serious. Baseball is the most popular sport in Japan, and they take, but they take sumo very serious. All right, let me see. Next, it is sumo. No, it is. Google it. It's sumo. <laughs> I, I wasn't joking. You're wrong. <laughs> Our Japanese correspondent, JD Raider. An, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a spin zone. All right. It's not a spin zone. It's unspun. Hey, special shout out. Guess who's out of jail? Facebook jail. Oh, God. Keith Gotthard. Keith Gotthard oh. yeah. out of Facebook jail. Oh, my <laughs> goodness gracious. Um, so, okay. So, maybe that's why. it's uh, we're, we're losing our best athletes to uh, to the, the sumo craft. No, our, our best. Their best. Their best. Yes. Also, they just don't make as many people that size. It is not that size. Yeah. Simple. They need more McDonald's. JD, is it a manufacturing issue? It could be. So, with with that all said, um, Team USA doing. I, th- I think we're for, on the women's side. We're probably on par with how we expected. I think everyone, though it's Dom's first team. I think the expectations were pretty high that she could do pretty well. Yes. So I'm not considering her a surprise semifinalist at all. And you know the good news for Dom Parrish, she's in the one weight class. Japan doesn't have. A wrestler that she would have been the favorite, right? The, sure. the Japanese wrestler, but she's she's out a last minute. I don't uh, know why they didn't replace her. I don't know either. It was really late. It was, yeah. I'm wondering if I mean it was really late when they announced it. Yeah. When, but I, I dude, I feel like the Japanese are probably like we've been preparing one person. We're not going to send someone mm-hmm. on partial preparation. Like I feel like that would be. If I was that partial preparation person, I'd be like, come on. Give yeah. me a shot here. That's not how they yeah, do it. Yeah, I think they'd want to get the shot. That's what I feel like. Well, yeah, sure, they would. But for, for Dom, I mean, she's in a semi against... Also, partial preparations of pants will probably win. That's They're, they're different different standards. That's my guess. Well, that, that I'm, I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm saying that's probably their rationale, if I had to guess. Or 
literally it was that last second that they were like, we can't do this. Like in USA, literally it could go to court. I mean, we have final X, but like they have emperor's cup, but I don't know who they would have taken, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we have final X, they got the emperor's cup. This is way cooler. Yeah, but we, they also we have, have no emperors. They also have another. They also do some other stuff too. Like Emperor's Cup isn't like Final X, where it's the end all be all, and there's only two opponents. So we have a clear number two. I think sometimes there could be up for, you know, debate, and it could cause mm. some issues there where we don't know exactly yeah, who the number two is. There's not a clear number two. So if it was that late, they were like, "Yeah, we literally don't have time to do a wrestle off." Okay. I don't know though. Don Parrish's opponent is uh, she's from Greece. She's been wrestling on the senior level since 2009. Oh which my gosh, quite a long time. Um, she has a couple bronze medals, but you know, two bronze medals out of whatever ten attempts or twelve attempts or whatever. That's that's it's okay. Dom can hang, hang with her. I think Dom's gonna. When win. was her last bronze medal? 2017. Looks like that was a while ago. Yep. Okay, so we feel good. I think just on par for. Our uh, women's freestyle, who, yeah. you know, we've come to have pretty high expectations there. And still four to go tomorrow. Um, so, a lot to be excited about. I'm excited to watch Emit Allure's debut on the senior world stage. And obviously, yeah. Helen is, you know, best I've ever seen do it for, for United States. So, excited to watch her. Um, but... Beyond that, more You can watch stuff. Party with us as well. Please party with, with JD. He loves to party. <laughs> Pretty please. So we had Who's Number One on Friday. Fantastic event. Did you watch, Ben? I hope you watched. Your brother I was did. there. Cool. I, I did not watch them all live. Uh, I watched a decent chunk live in my daughter at a Girl Scout thing. I went back and watched all the ones I missed. Um, I really enjoy Who's Number One. I mean, I enjoy watching wrestling, but Who's Number One is a pretty good competition. And um, it's fun seeing these guys battle for that spot. I feel like the kids always always bring it. They're always prepared. Um, there's always some exciting, unexpected results and matches. Yes. And this was this year was no different. Um, yeah, une- unexpected results. We have a fan pick'em contest where you know fans can pick who's going to win the matches. We didn't have an option to pick the the 160 final because we didn't know who's going to be in it. But there were 22 matches between boys and girls that they could pick, and the the majority was only right for 10 out of the 22 matches. So. It's, what? It's, yeah, that's great. There was a match. There was bad. a match where ninety percent of the people were wrong. Whoa! What? Uh, wait, hold on. Let me guess. Let me. It was guess. a girls' match. Oh, it was a girls' match. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But Dang. yeah, Zayn and McBride. Like ninety percent of people picked her to lose. She got it done at the end. That was um, that was a crazy, great crazy match. Finish of that match. But yeah, it's that kind of event, right? Where you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's one and two, so it's very hard to predict, um, which makes it super fun. I did predictions uh, privately. We can talk about oh, them. Privately. convenient. I, right. I mean, I didn't get them all right. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I've sent this to some people prior to, to it starting, but I didn't want to do the picks before. I wanted to Shane Sparks it um, and sit on the fence before before who's number one. But why don't we just kind of go in match order and kind of, we can talk through it a little bit. First, the 164 man. Um Ferrari and Sealy both kind of cruise in their first match. Well, 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 well. Now listen, Ferrari looked great, but we said it was one zero going into the third. We said cruise, cruise. After cruise five control. minutes of wrestling, it was one to zero. So Speed two cruise uh, control. 
Skulls, I mean, that's far from cruising, but cruise, you know, Skulls is battling. Uh, I think he kind of made a bad bottom decision on the edge there. Uh, you know, Max had talked about the, the strategy was to maybe look for a reverse pose there and got a little too aggressive and gave him some back points. And that was, yeah, once he gave him the back points, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a really hard match to win now. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, though, he was so good from that splits position. It was like yeah. crazy defense. Like yeah. defense. Both those guys have really good flexibility, Angelo and, and Braden. And then, you know, it kind of set up the match where on paper a lot of people had penciled um, Angelo versus Joe and Angelo. But what, so given the fact that, I guess, were you expecting Celia to beat up on Ruiz, given the fact that Ruiz beat him twice last year? Uh, yeah, I thought I picked I picked Angelo and Sealy to win their matches. I thought okay. I thought he had I didn't think Ruiz had enough offense to, to hold him off for for that long. Okay, and I wasn't uh, really sure. I, I just thought he'd get away this time, and uh, I thought he'd grown enough to to take out Nico. Yeah. Um. No, I, I was just surprised that Ferrari looked freaking great against Sealy. I uh I. Did not predict that. I was been. Really, I said I've been really, really impressed with Sealy. I thought he was the best in the country at this weight. Um, yeah, that was that was impressive. Wow. Yeah, I think I think for the, if you take it from Angelo's perspective, you've got this guy who is wide open, wild. It, it's a great matchup for Angelo in a lot of ways because he's so fundamental. He's so good in so many areas defensively he was able to capitalize yeah. on a couple of i mean this opening i think this was the opening yeah. takedown that going yeah. for that jonesy was just that's just too too reckless yeah, there i i would agree with that um and there was another situation uh that were where and you know he was losing at the point but Sealy was uh, i would say a little too probably too reckless yes yeah and it's tough too because that like his his breakneck pace his willingness to take risks is how he wins so many matches and so ask him to switch the game plan um, is something that may take a little bit of maturity, a little bit of time because he doesn't have to most of the time. He's, yeah. you know, he, he can give up points and usually go get him back, but I don't think he's wrestled anybody that's defensively where Angelo Ferrari is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would still be, I mean, I still am so bullish on Joe. Yes. He's young. Oh, absolutely. He's, yes. I mean, he, the mentality he's got, it's like you put him, he's been in a lot of different training situations you think about this guy as a college prospect. He's gonna be go to one of these blue blood schools. You got to figure, and they're gonna clean it up some of his stuff while he maintains that wild man type of mentality. Very offensive, always looking to score. Like, well, not only are they gonna clean him up, and this is what I talk about with a lot of kids that I coach. It's like you're gonna feel it better if you just keep trying with a lot of good. You're gonna mm-hmm. feel it better and better and better, and your your positioning is getting better, your timing is getting better the pressure you need to put in certain situations and get better. So, um, yeah, when guys take chances, that's, uh, you know, I think that's generally a positive attribute. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, losing this match, it doesn't change how I view Sealy at all. I think he's a great prospect. I think Angelo is obviously, uh, a ready to go prospect once he gets, gets yeah. to college. It, it does make me think Sealy's not as good as I thought he was though, because, the fact that he wasn't able to get a takedown in seven minutes of wrestling, like I could have seen, you know, if you if you told me, hey Ben, um, here's what happened is, you know, Ferrari got uh, a couple early takedowns because his positioning was really good and he's athletic, and then Sealy came back, but it wasn't enough. I'd be like, okay, I see that. But if you're telling me Sealy went seven minutes without a takedown, I'd be like, ooh, that's that's kind of rough. Yeah, I think I think Ferrari just might be that guy. 
When's the last yeah. time AJ Ferrari gave up a takedown? Angelo? Or sorry, Angelo yeah. Ferrari. I couldn't tell it's, you. It's been a long time. Couldn't tell right? you either one. Um, yeah, either one. Uh, Angelo, I, I think it's I think maybe first round of Super 32 last year, and he's wrestled over a dozen ranked guys since then. He got taken down in the first yeah. round of Super 32, and then not first round, but early oh, on in the tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, in his first loss, and then and then he just came back. He's beat a bunch of ranked guys since then, and then um, just doesn't. He might not even given up a takedown in that loss. Actually, yeah, guy, he's so hard to take down. He is, um, but he's not. He is not. While he is really defensive, he's not. I wouldn't describe him as like a defensive specialist. Like he's not just that. He's not a guy who just tries to win close matches. Though it, it can materialize that way to an extent. So yeah, big. He's a obviously a tremendous prospect. What what class is he? Twenty twenty four. Okay. Is that that same as Joe? Yeah. So these are one and two in the class. They were before the the event. So now they'll flip. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's impressive. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, very impressive, guys. Um, soon we had Webster Limley was another crazy match. Bad call uh, at the end. Yeah, let's. I'm gonna pull that, uh, Nico. I'm yeah. gonna send you that that match. Um, um, uh, so you said Nico, but yeah, th- this is the same type of yes. thing that um, it was the key. It was Keegan and Griffith uh, in the NCAA finals, and so many guys are getting good at sealing and shifting their shoulder to the point where. The top guy kind of looks like he's on top, but he's not really on top. Like there's not a control factor there. Um, they're they're too far off to the side. So I really did not like this call. Um, and so I, that, you know, maybe his actions would have changed, but if not, then that would mean Webster's the the winner here. Yeah, uh, it certainly changed the match. Um, yeah. I thought I thought this was a great match, and I it stinks that this kind of final exchange is sort of the. The yeah. topic because I thought Cannon looked great, but the the ride that Limley put on was something I really didn't expect. I thought I thought it was like so riding time gets a lot of hate um, from us sometimes. I thought I this actually was, thought like, was good in this kind. Con- it this, was exciting. It was exciting. Ah, you riding. admitted it. Well, in this in this case, it was. It's sometimes it is. <laughs> this case, it was. Uh, and I, I was really impressed with Sergio. It looked like a a division one ride out, like really, really, really tough. Um, yeah. But the end, which I, I sent it to, um, I sent it to Nico, our producer. It, you go to basically eight, eight fifty on the match. I gave you Nico, the Webster Limley that, that shows it. It's a, it's a wild kind of exchange where yeah, it's a good exchange. Webster ends up on the single Limley split out. He um, and somehow winds up with a two off a off a little scramble here. It's a really good scramble. Both guys were better in the scrambles than I think I realized. Man, we get this video up here or what? I'm not sure. He I sent it to him late. Um, he had the other ones, but all right. Let's talk about the next match. If he gets this one up, then uh, okay, then he gets it up. Uh, so Knox I picked and Castillo. Literally I thought Webster was going to win that one. Um, Knox. Oh, you did. Okay. Uh, Knox was the obvious pick there. There's not a lot to talk about. Very, very different levels of wrestling there. First period tech. We've never had a match like that on who's number one with with that level of dominance. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Just, it, I mean, it appeared that Knox was bigger than him. I know we said they're going to be roughly the same weight, but they sure didn't look like the same weight. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so props to Castillo for going up and putting himself in, you know, in harm's way. And uh I love guys to take on challenges, but maybe next time we get him against, you know, uh who is it? Rainey is number two at mm-hmm. uh one oh six. That would be yeah. a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Yep, yep, yep. I think we'll see that match at Super thirty two. There we nice. go. Nice. Okay. Uh next match was Nasir Bailey Ryder Block. This one was nuts. I thought Block would win this. I think that was conventional thought. Um, yes, I, I, sure. I 2-0 going into this against Nasir. I did not think it was the uh, the blowout or like the foregone conclusion that others did, though I did think Ryder would, would ultimately win. But Nasir comes out. He gets that turn with the roll-through tilt, and that was that was obviously huge. That put the – not out of reach, but ultimately out of reach for Ryder. And then he, he rode for so long. Um, let's let's circle back to the Limley Webster match here. We got it here. Hey, um, there we go. We can go to we can go to like eight fifty of the of the video file um, for this final sequence, and Ben can talk through it and officiate it. Officiate it. Um, let's do it. Let me see. Yeah, we're it's, we're a little far off right now, but we'll yeah, I get there. Maybe we can skip. Um. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come up relatively soon. Maybe it's um, nine fifty. Yeah, I think I messed it up. Was it nine fifty? Yeah, we can the, talk the, through the whole it, scramble ends the match. So it's before uh, this, you, before Zane Richards before is a little uh, before. A few seconds, few seconds back. Okay, here we go. You this can start it from here. here. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Leg pass. You remember that? But right here, they need to come up. Boom! Right there. Freeze. There. Yeah. Like look, the arms in between. Yeah. yeah, and he's got a far side. It's not even on the near side, Merkel. It's a far side, so it's like you're draping over. I don't know. To me, that's not control. It never was. Um, you know, he's making a decent attempt, uh, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and that that's the point they, that the two was given. And then you've got Webster wrestles through the position. Yeah, let's yeah. we can watch, we can watch it, again it again here. There's a there's a yeah there's a second where it kind of looks like control but he's kind of like over the top he's not like yeah I don't know I I really didn't like the call at all there was a bunch of leg passes um and I was kind of surprised they worked they're starting to work less frequently than they used to but they worked uh, uh Ferrari used a couple they used one here and there was I can't remember the other match there was Ferrari match is, has amazing dive rolls he's got a like good leg pass, he yeah. he has like the timing or something down perfectly. This that is was pretty nice. He went the wrong way on the leg pass and everything. Yeah. I, I was kind of shocked it worked. But I love this in slow motion. This is really great. Yeah, I do too. Boom. So he throws it, like kind of shin whips and throws right there. Not this is where you can arm. make the argument. But like the leg's not cleared. And now as he comes up, boom, there's right. He's not ever covering that shoulder. Like he's covering the head and the far shoulder and that's it. Like there's no covering of the back or the hips or anything there. So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of strongly disagree with that. You got to be behind both arms for, for in that scenario, yeah. or or if you're near side, Merkel. Which, then I hate the Merkel takedown, but yeah, I mean that that is um, unfortunately it is a takedown, but he wasn't there. So, and this obviously had huge impact because Webster, who needed this, uh, who needed a score here, ends up. You can play it out regular speed. He finishes on this, which would have been continuation of the original scramble. Would he have scored here? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like, does, but does that, Limley might fight that way harder if Limley doesn't know he's if been he doesn't know to, he's yeah. winning? 
Correct. Cer yes. Certainly, giving the two to Limley was the deciding factor in the match. That's that's yeah. A, that's that's the matter. argument. Could would Limley have played it differently and just tried to hang on because he would have won with the ride time point. Um, but Webster, when he brings the arm to the body, he is in a really good spot. Uh, but it's one that maybe Lemley could have hold, held on to for another 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. And the interesting thing was uh, it, it was a no-win proposition for Zane Richards in the, the Webster corner because, you know, if you challenge right away, you're kind of – you're take, you're just wiping off a bad takedown because the yes. the flow of you're the action, lose. he's not going to get in there again in all likelihood. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was it was definitely lose lose the takedown like that's where there should be just like some sort of a because with the challenge it goes back to the point of the challenge like even if they had looked at the challenge and overturned it Webster doesn't get that two for that for finishing there yeah. so you go back yeah. so swipe the takedown and take it back yeah, yeah there needs to be some sort of like a grace period with the challenge where you're like let this wrestle out but. And I, I, think, I also understand why you can't do it like that, too. I also think, I mean, since that's the way it is in freestyle, this is the first folk style event back, It's it can be a little bit hard to, like, adjust your mindset. Because you want in freestyle, it's like, well, you need to see this position play out. Mm -hmm. And then and then if you challenge, you're challenging the whole sequence where yeah. in folk style it goes back to the initial point where the where the thing was called. So um, both, both corners in this match challenged, and both corners were told they challenged too late and that, like, they weren't going to – the challenge because yeah they didn't challenge within a reasonable amount of time um so i think both challenges would have been overturned as well too yeah the, uh, well did they even try to challenge the uh jessaroga jacks forest takedown no. i mean that was that was definitely the worst takedown call of the night Ooh, that one was rough i mean I, that was like this i i understand you take a picture of the miracle it's like okay i get it it's a it's the another Jax situation Nate one i i just don't even understand not yeah. good at all. We'll we'll get to it. Um, yeah. But it's another situation where, like, if they would have if they would have challenged instead of being five, five two, it would have been three zero or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was two and two. Jack's got a reversal, so yeah. Es yeah. Essentially, he got those points back anyway. Yeah. Um, although then Jezroga did get an escape, so they made it five yeah, three. So, so maybe one. maybe they should have. But and plus one is the normal takedown exchange rate anyway so it, it, it yeah, mattered yeah. could have mattered uh but let's talk about nasir rider block um this was another example i mean obviously the turn was huge for nasir but the ride he put on and how he was able to put on a hard ride hard tough ride and being able to you do don't that, like tough riding i love it it's great but the thing that was great is you're mitigating rider's biggest asset which is his tank and him coming at you for seven minutes what now, about the school of Gilman, though? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm from bottom, baby. Listen, that was, Gilman was well into his collegiate career before he learned how to gas someone out from the bottom position. Uh, um, <laughs> the, the idea that Ryder has the, those um, techniques down is uh, he'd be very advanced to have that. But yeah, he did not know how to gas Nasir from bottom, and he rode him really, really tough, and didn't really give himself a lot of opportunities to score even after he was was neutral again. Uh, I was I was yeah. really impressed with well I mean year. and that's you know some people were saying cardio is gonna be a factor I know Ryder Block likes using cardio but even in the third period like he wasn't real close and no. and Bailey didn't really look like he was fading very much not maybe a tiny bit but not a ton he he seemed totally in control start to finish I thought it was a really impressive very, win for this yeah. year um, 
Yeah, good for him. I don't know if we'll see it again. I don't know if they'll if they have plans for. I'm sure Ryder will be at Super 32, but I don't know about Nasir. I think he's weighing his options a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. I I don't know for sure that he spends his senior year in Illinois. We, uh, you know, who knows? Could. Well, you think he goes the Little Rock way? I don't think so. Up? I think I think there. I think there's a, at Lamont MMA. I think there's a door open for the OTC potentially. Oh, but we'll yeah. see. That would not be a bad uh, option for for Nasir. Yeah, and I, if people aren't familiar, I mean, we haven't had that program around for a few years. Those guys still do get folk style competition and, oh, and training yeah. too. Yeah, they go to college opens. They, I remember they would bring a group up to the Cowboy Open every year and um, take yeah, them to some other. Yeah, the tags would go. The tags would go. Aaron Brooks came up. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? It'd be interesting to see what he does. But he's got he's got some incredible folk style skills. So you know, I'm not yeah. sure. What his best move is, but he's, Keith says he is welcome at Lamont MMA. Okay, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was pronounced uh, Lemon T MMA. Lemon T. Isn't that what you said? Uh, That's what uh, Kozak said. Lemon T uh, MMA. Lemon T. He loves Lemon T. Um, okay, so excited for Nasir's career. Excited for Coach Ayersman and Little Rock because they got a absolute hammer. And speaking of hammers, so I I picked that one wrong, and I also picked this one wrong. Kasak Mantanona. And my rationale for this Bo one, Bowman, and shame Bo on me, Bowman, <laughs> shame on me. I we're we're Bowman stands here. We're Ant Man. All the man. We're Man Men. And sixty five percent of people, by the way, were wrong on this one. Yeah, and I. Dude. The reason I thought Kasak was he Bo's thing. He's a really good scrambler. He's good at a lot of things. But I thought Kasak would be fine in the scrambles against Bo and. He got out scrambled on the first takedown, um, and then this turn is just ridiculous. Um, kind of nasty. It was so nasty. And why don't we go to where? At what point does the takedown happen? It's pretty early. I feel like it's pretty early. The whole video file is like three minutes long. Yeah. Hold on one second. So you can just go a little bit to her. Bo Bo hits a beautiful elbow control like duck. Um, yeah, right from right here is fine. So he gets this finish, but I'm really curious for Ben's take on this turn here and how he gets it. Um, so nice dive roll here by by Kasak. But it doesn't work there. Yeah. This sta this stalemates, I think. Or does Are he finish sure? no, this? I think, I think he gets a take on here, doesn't he? Okay. Pressures back into him. Well, that's right. Wrong. It's a first period pretty, pinfall. Yeah, pressures back into him. Pretty sure he's going to sit in, rotate over his heel, and go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he almost, yeah, he, Kizik did almost knock him over. But yeah, he eventually got there. Um, so yeah, let's fast forward to the turn. turn this position. It's coming. It's coming right now. Yeah. Um, so he's got a half on the right side, deep waist left. But how he takes him over is crazy. So they're on the edge. Yeah, and it, Kyle Dalbaum really played on this one because uh, yeah. otherwise it. Watch how he's dragging a toe. Bray pointed this out to me. Yeah. But look out! He's got the half on the right side, but he's dragging the toe. He's got it, the inside wrist. Yeah, it's pretty wild to me that he was able to hold him there. Like when you show, you know, when you look at that position, this I man, that is Boston. Yeah, he. he called, and I thought he was pinned earlier than they called it too. I did too. Yeah, I mean, he's um, pinned there. No, for sure. uh, when I look at that position, Christian, I think like there's no way he's holding him there. Like that dude's out. Yeah. You know, and somehow he held him there. I, I, I don't really. He must have really good grip or, you know, and kind of pull strength because, uh, and, and Kasek's probably to a certain point 
maybe inflexible because yeah like right there he shouldn't be holding on his back yeah he's he's basically turned there and then he when he pulls the wrist out here on the left oh he screwed that yeah then it's super over but how many times do you see guys pull that wrist out the way he did to get that half at the end part you mean or yeah so go back just a little bit more he takes the so he has the half on the right and the wrist on the left And watch, he just pulls it out completely. He pulls that arm straight. Yeah. Like, you don't... I think it's way more... I mean, to me, it's way more impressive how he held the half, like, this whole time and right, right yeah. before this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually think that's... It, it worked out well for him, but I think that's probably dangerous. I think there's a decent portion of the time that that wrist, you know, that it rolls out, although, and he clears it out. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe he's got a ridiculous grip and it, it doesn't pop out, but to me, it looks like... This looks know, like something he routinely out. does. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah, it's it pretty impressive. Yeah, thrill, thrilling moment there for for Bo, who, you know, he gets it done at Michigan, as did Limley. Both guys going to University of Michigan. And what what I mean, he's a pre, he's a pretty fantastic prospect. Brock is also going there. Mm-hmm. The man, the man mm-hmm. men will be Michigan men. Because Michigan I, had a good uh, good night. They definitely did. Um, shout out to Michigan. Shout out to all the sponsors. Shout out to Cliff Keen uh, for sponsoring the event. They were they were awesome to work with. Defense Soap, Dolomer. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome night of wrestling for sure. It was great. And, and I mean, Michigan, the venue was cool. It was it was good to be there. But they brought the whole team. They were there from start to finish yeah. for, for every single match. They were pumped up. Um, yeah, it was great. Like they had an almost an entire section filled up with Michigan wrestlers and fans and and the Lemley and Mantonona moments were awesome just because yeah. people were so fired up for those guys. And, and they already, you could tell, like, feel like they were, those guys are ingrained. They're part of the culture. I think when Lemley came off the mat, the first guy that he talked to, the first guy giving him a high five is Dylan Raggison. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, d- definitely was. And Bo, Bo's awesome. I mean, a guy that can turn like that, he's going to be really fun on the next level. He's just got a lot of pinning and turning intangibles. Like he's a guy that can, you know, he hit that tilt against Joel Joel Adams to win Super Thirty Two. He's getting you know pinning dudes with halves and who's number one. Like it's gonna translate and he's gonna go to Michigan. Only get better from there for sure. Okay, next match because I Kasak is really really good. I was watching all the matches of him. I was like, this guy is gonna be fantastic, and he lost. Um, but he'll be back. Davino McGowan, I thought McGowan got that early takedown and thought he'd be able to cruise the rest of the match, and that was not the case. Um, I thought yeah, the same sweet thing. Little is cradle sequence. Very sweet. Oh, nice. When he we got that first it? takedown, I was like, this is going to be just like the last time. Like, one takedown, and then he's really hard to take down. So I, I thought he was going to win it after that, but, man, that, that cradle on the at the end of the period, incredible. Very, very nice cradle, and uh, that was it. And you kind of knew it. At that point... You're like, all right. Well, given how, given McGowan's work for for offense, it's going to be a long road back for him because he's very much likes to pick his spots. Um, so I I did I thought McGowan would win this match. Another wrong. I think I got three in a row wrong here. Seventy two percent people thought McGowan was going to win this match. Yeah, I don't blame him. Dang. Uh, I just didn't think Davino would have. I I didn't know how Davino was going to score. Like I didn't see him getting a leg attack takedown or like getting a, even a go behind. Um, 
So it was behind door number three, the the cradle to the turn, and that was it. Myers Shapiro is so good. I this thought was a Ladarian, fun match, though. It Lack was fun. Battle. He did battle, uh, no doubt about it. I thought Sh- after the early success Shapiro had getting takedowns, I thought he'd be able to pile up a couple more. But towards the end, uh, the points yeah. were a little tougher. I thought they got that duck under got call right. correct. I thought that yes. that challenge Agreed. was right. Um, albeit, albeit close, but Shapiro recovered, I thought, appropriately to, for that to not be two. Yeah, but Locke is just a sophomore, man. I mean, he's yeah, he's going to be really good. Um, obviously. Any other yeah. thoughts on on Shapiro Locke? No, uh, I thought I thought I guess I I feel similarly. I thought maybe once uh, Shapiro got two early takedowns, he might start running away with it, and mm-hmm. Locke had stayed in there and he battled and he wrestled hard, and uh, it was a fun match. Yeah, it was. This was not a fun match. Brayden Thompson, Zach Ryder. This was not. They did not try to score many points, and they were successful. <laughs> they succeeded. 4-3 tiebreaker 2. Um, On escape, so it was reversal, escape, escape, uh, escape, escape, escape. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. And Ryder appeared to not know the college overtime rules. Yeah. Oh, really? That was what happened? I So I watched it after the fact. I guess I had the sound off. Is that what he didn't know? After the match, he was like looking around, like, "Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even notice you that." More wrestling uh, here? I didn't notice it. I did. Yeah, I didn't. Um, but yeah, I I mentioned it on the on the call. Like, whoever has more, I li- I kind of like that rule um, because you you know what? Two minutes of sudden victory. Go, mm, yeah, go get a take. That's down. a lot you of like criteria. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a huge criteria hater. I know. I just the only uh, where the only this match was won by criteria. I want all the uh, yeah. folk style lovers to admit it. Yeah, it was criteria. Um, the only place where it does it does suck is, um, I mean, listen, nine minutes of wrestling is a lot of minutes of wrestling to to win a wrestling match. So if you're mm-hmm. already in the tenth minute, you don't have a lot of room to complain because that the sudden victory would be the tenth minute of wrestling. Um, does suck when one guy does not have stalling and they just like stall it out, they grab a leg or whatever, you know, and and that's how they win. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't that's not what happened here, right? Thompson no. put a little bit of a ride on him for a no, while. No, he, he rode him. He rode him. Rode him. Yeah. Um. Also, did he ride him out or no? He just had the fifteen second advantage. Um, yes. Yeah. So good. Good win. Braden remains number one. He has quite a collection of elite wins. Um. For his high school career. Uh, now, this match was crazy. The next one. Jax Forrest, Nate Jessaroga. Yeah. Jax comes out, gets kind of a, like a dump takedown, and then rides Jessaroga for a while. Um, it wasn't the majority of the first period. Yeah, he r- rode him out for sure. I think it was probably over two minutes of riding time he got. It was a long time. And so that that is obviously not... Um, you know the the start Jesse Roga looked for. You knew he would have his say, being get, given his, you know how he wrestles, his pace, whatever. But yeah. Jack's ability to ride that long was was huge. And then there was mm-hmm. uh, honestly the match was closer than it probably could should have been because of that takedown that they gave Nate, um, yeah. off of the off of the scramble, which 
was in the second period, I think, if we want to get to that. Middle of the second. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, I mean, the other the other one here is that, uh, is a little before that, um, Jess Roga didn't choose bottom, which is, it was the right choice, but right that choice. hurts when you can't get that point. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah this is not a takedown. Hold on. He's they get right two right here. No uh, way. I don't even know what. Yeah. No way. I don't want to argue there because it's not a takedown. It's just... There's no arguing. Yeah, that's that's. And then here, so Jax would have come out. The Jax would really have been up five zero at this point. Instead, yeah. it ends up being five three out of this exchange. Correct. Um, yeah, would have so been five, end up being five one plus ride time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Jessaroga is really good where he's good, but if it gets into some different positions he still has some areas for growth yeah. and it happened those areas happen to be where Jax is good he's good in the scrambles he's really good on the mat yeah yeah i mean if you start if you can get and that obviously happened in that nicola rivera match um last year at cheesehead and it was, if you can get him in some of those scrambles you can you can beat him for sure now it just so happens that not a lot of people can get him into those scrambles but Jax forest can do that so watching, uh, I thought Jess Rogo would win here, so I was wrong. Um, watching the, dude, you've film. been wrong a lot. Yeah, yeah. JD <laughs> thought I was gonna sandbag. Um, I got some, I got some right though. Um, but with this one, I watching their freestyle. Uh, the way Jax won was like a lot of counter exposure. A lot of his mm-hmm. points were not even remotely folk style translating. Whereas yeah. like the match that Nate won was just like takedowns like he teched him yeah. basically he got a lace for a couple points but i thought it just i was like okay in freestyle Jax's style really works for counter exposure but i wasn't um, sure he'd be able to do that in folk style and um he was able to generate offense and the top work was was huge so one of the things i think because i think about this about myself um and i think sometimes people there's obviously those there are certain people who's um who have certain specific moves who work for certain specific styles, right? A free, a free, a guy who's way better freestyle because he's got uh, a great gut wrench or something to that effect. But there's certain wrestlers who are intelligent. And if they're wrestling folk style, they wrestle folk style style. And if they're wrestling freestyle, they wrestle freestyle style. And I think that's Jack's Forrest, right? He knows how to get the dumps yes. and stuff when he's wrestling a freestyle. And he knows how to use the folk style scrambles and top for his advantage. So I think there's, you know, st- strategically, there's ways you can play it for both styles to have, Styles in that style that are specific to that style that mm-hmm. also both benefit you. Yeah, and that's the you know the mistake in my judgment for that one. It's not that it was beyond the realm, but I just thought you know when they get on this mat, it would look a little different. Um, yeah, what's really interesting sure. about Jacks Forrest, just kind of separate from from what he does on the mat, but kid who's a, a freshman, and I think when you're young, a lot of times like benefit is you still have access to train with a whole lot of people and people haven't asked you to give them their loyalty completely yet. So like, this is a guy that had at this event, he had Josh Kendig and Jody strip matter in his corner. But then when he's drilling and warming up, he's doing that with Mark McKnight, you know, normally it's like, you got to be a young guns guy or you got to be an M2 guy. You don't see very many kids who kind of walked the line and do both. And then he's also trains with the Bishop McCourt guys. He goes to Nittany Lion wrestling club. He goes down to North Carolina and trains like he's just, He's so open to learning from so many different people and adding to, to his wrestling progression in as many ways as he can. Mm-hmm, I think it's mm-hmm. something that is helpful, and it's probably why he's able to transition. One of the reasons he's able to transition so well between 
freestyle and folk style or between this opponent and that. He's just really malleable and um, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, so the the interesting thing here for this match, and, and I thought it was the right call at the time, but I'm curious for Ben's thought. I know Bray has a perspective here, but Nate gets this takedown, 54 seconds left, which effectively tied it. I thought I thought it was very obvious you c- cut him there and go get that takedown, yeah, just the way it was materializing. But obviously that didn't work. Do you think, in hindsight, you should he have? the right move. The, the way he got that, so easy, yes. the takedown, and, and Jax just kind of fell over. You're like, okay, that looks like a guy that's maybe falling off. But then he over just kind of gets over-pursued, and then Jax is able to yeah, scramble out. All this, but they spent 45 seconds in this last yes. scramble. Yes. That's, you know, in a certain extent, like, you know, Jax did a good job, like, making it, you know, working here to let the ref let it go. But, yeah, they spend so much time in this position. It's like... Yeah, I mean that's right now. Obviously, not where Nate wanted to spend the last 45, 45 seconds. No, and I thought he was going to give up two here, and then he kind of sure looked like it. He was able to to hold off and avoid giving up the takedown, but this ate up so much time. And, and yeah, that was, and that was great on Jax's part just to to keep working there to make sure because you know someone who's not thinking smart there is just going to sit and, you know, try to hang on to that crotch position and the ref still makes it in five seconds. And then they right. pop up and they got another 35 left or whatever, you know? Yep, yep. I, I thought, you know, after he got that takedown and you saw Jax kind of collapse a little bit, I thought Jezroga should try to slap on a hard tight waist and, I mean, erase that. He's got about 40 seconds of riding time, you know, try to get that off the board at least and, oh. and you can ride out for the win, you know? So um, I didn't think about that. That's that's what I thought. I thought he, in my mind, and, no I, and I don't know. I, in my, I thought that would be a bad idea. Well, yeah, I don't know. In, in my mind, the riding time was locked. I know that maybe wasn't the case, but I thought I was like that point is coming. So, but yeah, the fact that he could have ridden out for the he for was, the win. I mean, he was at the pace he was getting takedowns. I think yes. that was the right call versus ride him out for what was it? Because he had seconds, the, he had to go behind and then he got that quick he had high two crotch, takedowns. Two takedowns. Yeah, yeah. I. I and I it was, it the was probably the right call, but yeah. I mean, I going back, I was like, man, he could, he could have, he could have ridden out for the Has win. Has Jezroga ever ridden a lot? Because and that's I, this, it, and you know what? To, to the people that picked Jax, I think this was their whole point. It's like Nate is just is sort of single threaded how he can win, whereas Jax can obviously win a lot of different ways right now. Um, and so yeah, it's like you need to have the ability to put to ride out for for forty seconds at the end. But th- then again, I think the the move is was still to cut him, right? Yeah, score yeah. the way you've been scoring. I, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Makes sense. I I don't know. He he looked like yeah. He, I mean, that's that would be an argument to why you need to be good. You know, some people would say like, why do you need to be good at all type of positions and, and this type of thing? And it's like, well, that's why because yeah. Listen, if you're a beast on top, test yeah. You ride up, you ride his ass out and try to win right there. You know, yeah. but if you're not that good on top, then yeah, it's a, it's a not a good decision. And so like. That's that would be a great argument as to why you need to be good in all positions because you don't know when you're going to need the, that top game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, excited for for both of these guys. I mean, Jax is just a freshman. Somehow, crazy. Nate, well, Nate is going. Is this Nate's senior year now? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we. You know, you you mentioned like, oh, we'll we'll watch this rivalry a lot, but in reality, probably not. Maybe never again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, not many freshman senior matchups and and he's got things he's gonna grow right 
Yeah, Jax is – you think Nate's probably a 25, 33 max. Who knows how big Jax is going to get? He was he looks significantly bigger there. Yeah, his dad's tall, you know, taller than him, quite a bit taller. You'd imagine I 49, 57 maybe. Oh wow. I would yeah. think. Okay. And then we are, we talked about the 160 finale which was Ferrari over Sealy and then we had the uh, main event Josh Barr versus Rocco Welsh. Uh also got this one wrong. Uh, I thought <laughs> Barr would win. I did although I I definitely I saw the path to victory for for Welsh, and I thought he could punish um, one of Barr's errant shots, and that ended up being the case because Barr, and this is why Barr is such an exciting prospect, is because he's so he's really offensive. He can get to legs and finish consistently, um, but you know sometimes if you if you fire a lot, like you have a defensive guy, not like Welsh, who's really good, um, it can can go the wrong way and Welsh ends up getting that to go by and he rode really really well which was something I didn't I didn't expect yeah he got tough it was interesting hearing Rocco Welsh in the post match just like he he said you know he he really lets like the, the like the, the pain of a loss like inform him and he's like he was open about that like a lot he's like you know a lot of guys they try to say like put your mistakes behind you, put your losses behind you. And he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I, it really does fuel me. It's something I think about a lot. And, um, and for him, there was a lot of, just a lot of satisfaction in, in getting that one back. But you don't hear a lot of high school kids with that perspective. So I, I, I found that really interesting. Yeah. I'm, uh, and we could see those guys at super 32. I think so. You know who else we could see at Super 32? Tell me. At 170. Angelo Ferrari said he wants to bump up and try to beat those guys. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Spicy. That'd be a savage move. If he goes up and he wins the four-man here and then he wins Super 32 at 170, that would be tremendous. That's pound-for-pound number one stuff. If he can do it. Still got it to do. Okay. Um. Oh, oh. On the on the women's side, some great wrestling as well. Two matches. Um, one, the Zayna McBride finish was was very thrilling, exciting match. There um, did not you know, she, she. No one hits that little drag reap thing this side of Colin Moore. I mean, no one no one does that. And she hit it twice. First time got stalemated, uh, but the second time she hits it to beat to beat the buzzer. Basically, um, if we can have that final. Final moments there. We got, as you see, our announcer, Craig Bacorny. Right. So it's like third period or second period late in the probably last 30 seconds of the second period. She hits it with, literally as time expires. Um, yeah, thought, thoughts on this match, guys. Well, so Zayna McBride is a little bit under the radar. She and her sisters are super good, but they only wrestle like 10 matches a year. And so people, I, 90% of Wait, people why? picked – why they they train jujitsu? They train judo. They they do a bunch oh, okay. of other stuff. And I think also um, because so you know you see you know her uniform and like her Muslim faith impacts like you know her uniform and what she can wear. And there are a lot of competitions where they've gone to competitions with the uniform that that like they're comfortable with for their religion. And then people are like, no, sorry, you can't compete. So I think they're a little gun shy to compete, but. People will also remember Zayna's brother, Muhammad McBride, who I think graduated from University of oh, Buffalo. Buffalo? At like, mm-hmm. He graduated at what, like 19 or something? Now he's like, with Bracky. Yeah. He went to college super young. Zayna's doing the same thing. And actually, 
when when Spay was making the matches, he didn't know that. I don't think a lot of people did. Um, she's she's 16, but she's going to life. Like she's going to she's done with high school. But like this year, like right now. Yes, she's gonna go We're to college as a 16 year old. Bro, yeah. some of these guys are 16 in eighth grade. I know. <laughs> I know. So oh, come on. But so I, I yeah I I thought it was really cool to see her get to she both the positions that she scored with in the second period she wasn't able oh to score God. with in the first period. Um, you mentioned that that reap, but also the the duck under she couldn't get in the first. She got the duck in the second. Uh, it was very cool match. I I mean this one this one had the the place going nuts. Yeah, it was a oh man, it's a crazy finish. I'm laughing in my head. Like it's, it's that. I mean, okay, congrats. That's freaking impressive to her. But what if she was like, they're like, "Hey, your boyfriend. Uh, you're in college. Your boyfriend's an eighth grader." And they're like, <laughs> "What are you doing dating an eighth grader?" And then she's like, "Well, he's actually older than me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has she has two other sisters too, and they're all good. They're all hit big moves. They're all pretty good. But yeah, I don't know if they have eighth grade boyfriends. Well, all right, here it comes. Wow. Look at that! Boom! Ooh, nice. It's nice. That's awesome. Wow, that's cool that they're pushing them. Uh, I mean, obviously the parents must uh, be very disappointed and and getting them to college early. It's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I can't believe she got it. That was a crazy finish. And then this Morgan Turner, oh my gosh, she she heard, scared me. I heard she's a beast. She's she, you heard right. She is an absolute beast. She beat a cadet world champ, Pastoriza. Um. Kind of sad how it ended with an injury, but overall, just you came away so impressed with Morgan. So very exciting event overall. And Morgan Turner is a girl who has, you know, she she grew up around the Blade sisters. Um, she's a Harvey Twister and, and you know Chicago area. But there have been comparisons between Morgan Turner and, and Kennedy Blades already for you know for a year or more, and those are just going to continue as her first match of her high school career is a, a dominant win over a world champ. I mean, um, yeah, people aren't going to stop comparing her to the, to the to the pioneers and the great ones. Yeah, only 14, uh, beating a 17-year-old. She's on the small side for the weight. So, um, yeah, very, very impressive showing by Morgan Turner. Excited to see what she can do when she hits the, the cadet age level and beyond. She looks like she's on a superstar trajectory. Uh, okay, do we want to get to uh, some questions? Any other parting thoughts on on who's number one for anybody? I mean, just thanks to the athletes for landing on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, the everybody came prepared and and um, wrestled super hard. The action was great, and and you could tell like these athletes care about it. They it's a goal for them, and they act accordingly. And so I just it's 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 cool to be around these athletes and like see them prepare. Uh, see how they handle themselves in, in victory and defeat. And every single kid in that event is going to be awesome, you know, for years to come. So it just is a special event to be around. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome from my perspective. I really enjoyed it. Great. Um, okay. Let's get to some questions. So City Wrestling Guy wanted to know about just what's up with Greco, why guys didn't wrestle. We don't know about Provisor and Theoki. We could speculate, but – I don't know. No, no one said. And then Giangelo just retired. So I don't know. I don't know what's up beyond that. And, you know, Greco's not going to be number one for, for wrestling any anytime soon. It's always going to be a folk style, freestyle focus for 
our best athletes. So that's going to make it a long road back. Yeah, I, somebody somebody in the watch party chat this morning said something about like Greco needs to look at how women's wrestling has developed and follow a similar path. But the difference is the, the argument for kids getting into Greco has always been just like more mat time for folk style development. You can learn yeah. valuable skills that will help you in folk style or freestyle and you can get extra matches. Like go to Fargo. You're It's like the argument is like, well, you're in North Dakota already. Might as well get some more matches. That's mm-hmm. that's the pitch. Yeah. It's not like there's not it's not like women's wrestling. There's not this groundswell of sanction greco in in colorado sanction greco in pa like I mean, it's just not the same yeah. at all so well the, but um, the other thing is uh i don't want to say it, in the argument you're making women don't have a choice women just want to be good at wrestling and right and they're going to be good at wrestling in greco um and this is the argument i make because our our stated goal with awa is to have kids like college uh, have have kids like wrestling have to go to college to wrestle right and obviously be skillful enough um and the argument I'm making against Greco is if you want to go wrestle Greco in college, you literally have like one choice, one sing- singular, you know, and it's in Northern Michigan. If you don't want to be cold as shit all year, like eh, you probably shouldn't go there in, in college wrestling, you have many hundreds of choices, you know? So it's like, what if does Northern Michigan have the, do they have the major you want, you know, which is like, there's just not a lot of choices. And a college coach probably isn't going to let that guy do a whole bunch of Greco because it's not conducive and says in folk style. So, the high, very, very high majority, like in the high 90% or if they are good at both, they're going to choose freestyle or folk style, freestyle slash folk style. Cause those guys go together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> um, did between Ben Tyron, Tyron Woodley and Michael Chandler, did any of them take amateur MMA fights while still at Missouri? Um, not while still at Missouri. Um, Tyron, it's funny. I think it was Tyron and I made our pro debut at the same time, but he had seven a- amateur fights because our when we fought professionally for the first time together, um, Missouri, Missouri, the state of Missouri had just sanctioned professional MMA like um, like a, a month before or so, something like it was really, really recently. Um, and so when we did that, we did it together. Uh, Michael then graduated later. I think it was that year, or yeah, because 2009. So that year he graduated. I can't. I know Tyron took him to a fight in the Ozarks. I do not recall if it was amateur Ooh. or not. Um, it, it might have been low level pro, but then I know his next fight after that was um, he was on like a Strike Force Challengers card in St. Louis. I think. Man, I just yeah. I just am envisioning uh, an amateur MMA card in the Ozarks, and I just get excited. That just sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like a party, brother. They're laundering so much money through that. Oh, my gosh. It'd be a good place to people watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure it would. Put your head on a swivel. Well, I'm going I'm to Vegas sure. I, You know, tomorrow. I can probably look up his record and uh, see. Hold on. Michael Chandler. I'll look. I'll see what his first fight was, and then I'll I'll know. When is that? That was the fight. He's, is he fighting soon? Isn't he fighting uh, soon? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, no, no, it was pro. His first time was pro. Because look, uh, it was Kyle Swadley, Lake Ozark, Missouri, on August eighth, two thousand nine, and he, you know, he wrestled. Uh, he pretty much Michael pretty much went in MMA right away because literally Michael had the NCAA tournament, and for his spring break, uh, and I was the coach at the time. We went, we flew to Canada because TJ Grant hired us to go train with him. Um, TJ Grant was a guy. He was going to get a, a UFC title shot, 
And he had some concussion issues and literally retired from MMA at that point. He had won like seven or eight in a row in the UFC at, at lightweight. And um, I don't even remember what the connection was, but he paid Michael and I to come to Canada to to train with him. And this was 2009, like literally April of right. Michael finishes his college career and we go train with TJ Grant. Yeah. Okay. A little history lesson with Ben. Yeah. And he's fighting oh, Dustin yeah. Poirier on that. That next card's insane. Yeah, I agree. That was that's two more because that was that's UFC 281. You see two eighties oh. in Abu Dhabi. It's it's pretty good. I mean, there's some good fights on it, but not. I think October twenty second. I think is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Well, no, they make the matters. Uh, so yeah, UFC two eighty one is uh, November twelve. It's they make uh, the Madison Square Garden card. They always try to make that really really big. So let's see. Madison Square Garden's got the middleweight title fight on Sonia Pereira. They got women's strawweight title fight. They got Chandler Poirier. Yeah, they got that's a they're putting Molly McCann on there. They're trying to make that one pretty big. Yeah, that's a big one. Let's see UFC 280. I don't know what that 280 one is. 280 is Oliver Makachev, Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw, Peter Yarn, Sean O'Malley. That's a, big one. that's a big one, too. That's the Abu Dhabi one. Yeah, that's a big one, too. Nice. Peter Yarn, Sean O'Malley? Mm-hmm. Well, that's his mm-hmm. biggest fight ever, right? He's never had anyone that good. No, not I, even close. They jumped him like... I mean, they kept him down here, and now they just freaking jumped him like way up. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I I would pick Jan. I'm starting to get into. Yeah. I don't know. I've been staying up late. I don't. Maybe I'm. Oh, you're starting to go <laughs> off kind the of deep a party end, animal, Chris, bro. Staying up late. Next thing you're gonna be doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's the next step. Going to fights with t- sleeveless shirts. Staying up. That that uh, could happen. That that'll happen before the drugs. I think. <laughs> okay. Um. Next question. Uh. If AJ. Ferrari doesn't wrestle in college again. How does it affect Angelo's recruiting? I mean, it shouldn't affect it at all. Hopefully, I mean, Angelo should yeah, be recruited based on Angelo and nothing else. And based on that, you should recruit Angelo Ferrari. Um, I don't, I don't see yeah. red flags with with Angelo. I, I see. I think he can be really, really good at the next level. Um, yeah, least, I actually and, was on the I was on the phone with a, a secret Oklahoma State informant spy last night. Uh, and they said Angelo's a really, really good kid. Yeah, he seems, uh, he, he certainly seems like it. And I think, uh, Bray talks to the coaches too, to other coaches. And I think no one is cool on An- Angelo at all. Everyone's like, Hey, yeah, we're going, we're going after this kid. So, um, and that's how it should be for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's number one? OW. Got to be Ferrari, right? Says EJ Newton. I, yeah, I think, think so. so. Uh, I, I would, I would also throw Bowman in the in the ring. Mm-hmm. Getting a first feel, period, yeah, first that. period pinfall. You can't do a lot better than that. But running a gauntlet ha- and the way he ran it, he didn't, he didn't. Um, yeah, I think it's Ferrari. By. It's he, Ferrari. When Bowman came off the mat, he's like, he, you could tell he had he had his eyes on that pin from. Well before the match, because he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's only been four pins in who's number one history. Oh yeah, so he's. Wow. I didn't know that. I don't know that. Who I, can name them? Um, well, Sasso, 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 highly pinned Julian Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. man, I can't. I don't know if I can think of the others. It's probably like some really early ones. I don't think there was a pin in the first one, and I don't think there was a pin in the second one either. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I have a no bunch idea. of pins last year in the women's. Or not a bunch, but well, a couple. Yeah. Um, I used to. Darn it. I'm going to look. Dang, Christian. You're getting picks wrong. Staying up late watching UFC. Don't know your who's hey, number one history. I did good. We, My yeah, picks we were might good. need to put you on a straight and narrow. Ben. We might uh, send you to rehab. <laughs> Voinovich over Vasquez. What's up with Hamza being so chill, missing weight? Oh, Ah, dude, front row Brian. Wait, Christian and I talked about this on Saturday. Yeah. Front row Brian thinks it was a setup, and there, dude, sometimes, I don't know if it was or not. I UFC, to my knowledge, has never, ever done anything like that. It, it would harm credibility a little bit, I think, so it would be a yeah. huge negative. But there are so many red flags. You know, the way he was told to stop cutting weight and he weighed in exactly what Holland weighed. The fact that Holland and Rodriguez was a catch weight, they barely ever do catch weights. That Ferguson was added to the card like I think it's two, two to three weeks before the fight. I mean, that was pretty weird. At 170, he hasn't fought at 170 in a long time. I mean, there was just a whole bunch of like really like weird things like, wait, why why did all this line up so well, you know? Um, and the yeah, the worst thing for me was how Chimaev acted on the scale. It was really strange. Well, I, I think here's the thing with Chimaev. He is insane. So the behavior Allegedly. of... He, he acts he acts like a total lunatic almost all the time. So <laughs> if you factor that in... I live in the cage! I die in the cage! I kill you! I kill everyone. So someone like that, they're, they're, these people don't just behave strangely and certain aspects it's, it's pretty much you're just a weird person so i thought his demeanor on the scale was one of like it was almost like face saving like you act like it's not a big deal or like you're unbothered because you don't want to yeah, give this true you don't want to give the idea that you're something's going against how you want it to go so that's how i took it like uh, i missed weight big deal um i i just don't understand what is the upside for ufc orchestrating those kind of maneuvers like why would you want to do that you had this fight you've been pumping and then you want to just throw a, a wrench in it i don't understand because you knew it would be smash time because everyone knows he's he would that dude would have killed nate diaz that would not have been good it at all. the end of it um i also thought holland totally mailed in the fight like he was going to get demolished but i also thought like no, but weren't we texting? I thought we were texting because that Gramby, he did that Gramby. Well, first of all, like he was just like that, like that beginner that just is like spazzing out all over the place yes. when someone's trying to grab you. Like, and like when you grab that kid, you're like, ah, I'm not going to get too close to this guy because they're just freaking just flailing all around. Yeah, anything can happen. But on that one Gramby, it did look like he landed like kind of strange. And when he rolled, he rolled strange. And Shamaya put the weight down at the same time. Like, that looked not good. You, the, Kevin Holland needs Steve Martin in his life so he can get his Grambys up. His Gramby was that not was, good. It was not, not good. good. And then put the weight on him at the same time. Double not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could play a video of it right now. I know. But, like, the the, the thing that was weird is when he comes out to – because the report was these guys were fighting backstage and all this stuff. But then they come out in the cage, and he goes for the high five and immediately gets double-legged, and then all sorts of <laughs> badness ensues from there. It's like, why are you high-fiving, man? This yeah, dude's crazy. He's not high-five guy. What do we know about Hamazai? Not a high-five guy. He's 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 there to kill. He's not there to do the pleasantries, right? And now No you, pleasantries. It was a nice shot, and then that, it was over from there. So no yeah, pleasantries. I'm a, I'm a big fight guy. Not a high-five guy. I stayed up. 
I overcame a lot of obstacles. I had to get up early to fly home that day from who's number one, and I still stayed up. What? I'm really, I am the bad boy of wrestling. And Harbor Eastern Time Zone, too. Eastern Time Zone, wake up, man. Everything was stacked against me, but I still stayed up. (laughs) What a monster. Uh, You probably took a nap on the plane or something. No, I don't sleep on planes. Got it. Are you going out? Aren't you flying tomorrow? Are you going to sleep on that plane or no? No. Not? Come on. No, I'm not going to sleep on that plane. It's going to be 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, yeah, but are, wait, you're going to Worlds, though. Eight, I'm going to ADCC. Oh, I thought you were going to Worlds. What are you going to ADCC for? Okay, never mind. Don't fly on that plane. Yeah. <laughs> what the world? Um, okay, Lane, so yeah, Christian, you're more of a grappling guy than a wrestling guy anymore. No, uh, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. Okay. Other questions. Um, we have to get off soon too. We have a hard hard out, as they say in the Because in the we're watch partying at nine forty five. Because these guys just want to party like it's nineteen ninety nine. All right, true or false. Do Bracky's at West Virginia and they got a sweet commitment. True. They, who was it? Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying ask Joe. Oh, who was it? Who did they just get? Uh, hold on, hold on. Leading us to believe know. it's time for more Bracky, West Virginia, and some Alien Hour with actual aliens as they a subject. They got Sean Taylor. Yes. Been all Chupacabras and Mothman. It's literally named Alien Hour. I so am he- kind of surprised that Bracky doesn't come on and do Alien Hours at all because it will be good publicity. Keep your keep your face out there for everyone so they know who you are. So when you call them and you're recruiting, they're like, oh, yeah. You're the freaking guy. I know you. You're on FRL talking about aliens and whatnot. I really like you. Like, I think it's good for him. He makes him relatable. Well. You know, there's not a, yeah. there's not enough people in the Division One ranks that are talking about the cryptids and the and yeah. the ghosts and the spirits. I mean, name John Smith. He's a great recruiter, but he's not going to talk about the Oklahoma octopus. It's just not going to come up <laughs> with Bracky. And that's the thing. That's the the Bracky's. I can give a, a national perspective of all the cryptids out there. So, oh, okay, you got to get a kid from Jersey. Well, let me tell you about the Jersey Devil. You know, got an Oklahoma yeah. kid, octopus right there. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's half the battle with these recruits is sometimes they, the high school kids are kind of weird to talk to. So if you have something that breaks the ice, <laughs> boom, there you go. Yeah. And uh, then the no, kid gets off the phone. And they're like, I had so much fun talking to that guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Bracky uh, – he knows he's he's always welcome. Yeah, I was a good get. Sean Taylor's thirteenth right now at one hundred sixty pounds, fourteenth at one sixty. So good stuff. He's just a junior. Let's go. Good job, Bracky and Coach Flynn and company there. Um, let's see. Uh, I think we did it. I think we did the show. I think the show is officially done. I know we did the oh, show. We, I know we did it. Oh man, we are rocking. Christian, but you're not going to be on like the rest cold this week. Me, so you bad boys. Tell the people. You're out. You're done. I'm out for this week and some of next week, possibly. Uh, what? Yeah. I'll wow. be back. I'll be back. Um, JD, work on the intro, baby. No FRL tomorrow, but... Wait, we're not doing FRL? No FRL tomorrow. <laughs> no one told me? I'm, I'm actually not joking, but uh, on Thursday, we will. We'll talk some worlds. Okay. Well, I'll see you guys on Thursday. JD, train that intro. What's up, guys? He doesn't have to do it. I bring the silky smooth intro. He needs to do something. He needs, he needs to a, get it. You know what, JD? Right. You should get your own intro song. Yeah, there we go. Something Southern Fried. I think like White Snake, <laughs> maybe. White Snake would be it. White Snake. Intro for JD. The thrill of the morning. This song is just terrible. 
terrible. Turn it off. Terrible. This is so, so corny. This sounds, so bad. This sounds like an Andrew Spay type of situation. It Andrew sent really this bad. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> rocking out. All Turn right. It off. See you guys. Oh, yeah.